0: Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. His New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains, and this is New Report, Old Report. Here on Monday, March 4th from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time or find the show as bonus content under the Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find by searching for the Bridge Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, really wherever you get your podcast, as well as at londonbridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaint to 929-274-3437, or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same, and we'll play what you have to say on air, again, by calling 929-274-3437. This week, Bryce Harper gets his money, the Phillies get their guy, and the Lakers are dead. Check
1: your sources. We're off. Well, another
0: exciting week of athletics. And while you and I hide within our homes as snow hits the Northeast, for the second or third time, really, we haven't had a lot of snow this year so far, knock on wood, more will come. We'll talk some sports. And before we get riled up about our Los Angeles Lakers, thought we could start maybe with something that will at least garner conversation and maybe not make... Temples and tempers flare in both necks and voice. Talking Bryce Harper. We called it last week, reported it here first, even though we were one amongst thousands to say that he most likely would land with the Phillies. It actually didn't look too good at some points. It appeared he was going to go to the Dodgers. We didn't know where he was headed. And then it turns out, well, yes, it was the Phillies all along. 13 years, Al. No opt-out. 2.30. Pretty much everything he wanted and asked for handed to him on a platter. The Philadelphia Phillies fans will now have to cheer, boo, enjoy Bryce Harper for a decade plus three in Philadelphia. What did you think of this move by the team, for Bryce, for baseball? How are your feelings toward this?
1: Uh, I... First of all, Johnny, I hope you had a great week. And our listeners certainly had plenty uh, to chew on between uh, the Harper signing and what's going on in the NBA, and, uh, NCAA hoops, etc. But I was not surprised it was the Phillies. I was flabbergasted at the 13 years. No opt-out. Uh, everybody's got their own ideas of, of the 13 years. Uh, you know, you see – the the quotes from scott boris i was instructed to get as long a contract as i possibly could bryce wanted to stay in one place wanted to sign for a team that finishes career there do we believe that i don't uh, i i think the philly offer uh, was not 13 and 330 i think the philly offer was probably somewhere around 10 and 300 and i think scott boris went back to the phillies and said look i gotta beat 320. i gotta have i gotta have the richest contract and the largest contract give me a couple more years at a lower aav 13 330 we get it done uh why in the world would he not have an opt-out everybody's got an opt-out nobody's going to hold it against him if he's got an opt-out nobody's gonna say he's not committed even he could opt out after six years seven years no option or no trade but no uh there's always everybody's got an apple manny's deal was perfect 10 years 300 opt out after five now in terms of bryce this is a perfect fit they've done a lot of things in a positive direction gene segura uh, mccutcheon who is on the south side of his career but still a decent player Real Muto and some young players who can hit they're big first baseman who will probably back behind him and, and give him protection unless they put it in front of him. Real Muto back, but whatever there are a lot of options uh, for that dope game Kapler uh, but regardless of that I think it's a good fit for the player, the ballpark is a great fit that's a hitter's part, especially for a left-handed hitter. You know how much success Ryan Howard had there in his prime when those terrific Philly teams were you know winning World Championships, going to World Series in the playoffs every year, and now they've got a legitimate, full-blown page one slugger. It's a great move for the city because unlike Manny Machado, no disrespect to Manny Machado, Bryce Harper puts Fannies in seats, no matter where he goes, no matter where he's playing, people come out to watch Bryce Harper, they come out to cheer for him, they come out to boo him, they come out to see if he's got a beard, they come out to see if he's gonna throw his hair back, they come out to see if he's gonna waltz on the first base on a ground ball, they come out to see if he's gonna sprint, okay, and turn a single into a double, play with his pants on fire, Bryce Harper sells tickets, puts fannies in the seats. Great for business for Philly, but I do not understand the low AAV, which is about $26 million a year, nowhere near the, especially after the Arenado deal, which we'll get to, but Arenado's deal over $30 million a year on his eight-year extension. So Harper is not the highest-paid player in the game. He has the richest contract in North American sports history because it's the longest term most years and largest amount of money because of the length of the term. But it is not the contract I thought he was going to get. I thought he was going to have a 10-year deal with a higher AV I thought he'd be about 10 years at 320, 10 years at 230, but he's not the highest paid player in the game. He is just the longest tenured player in the game in terms of the length of the contract, the dollars of the contract so Boris can say, I've got a record contract. I think that played a part in this and I would be nuts for me to think otherwise because I think that's part of what makes Boris tick.
0: Yeah. Overall, I'm okay with it for baseball, for the Phillies, for Bryce Harper. The stuff that I have a problem with is just nitpicky stuff. Like if you're the Phillies, I was surprised, as you mentioned, the 13 years, no opt out when you don't have a designated hitter option for Bryce Harper. If he starts to wear down four years left on his contract, there's really no place to put him to hide him unless you're going to put him at first base. And for a franchise that watched Ryan Howard hobble around for the last couple years of his career, I thought maybe they wouldn't want to put that much faith in a huge long-term deal just because they know what happens toward the end of it. But they're in win-now and win-soon mode. They're a couple years away, they feel, of being a World Series favorite. So they figure, hey, if he's not the best that he can be, three years, two years left on this deal, 10 years from now, we'll be okay with that if we're playing in the World Series two years from now. I can understand that in their regard. For Bryce Harper, I would have liked this deal a little bit more if he had done it for this length of time as in a, I'm going to probably retire once my contract ends with the Nationals. You know, I think that would have made a good story for him to sign an extension and say, I'm going to play here for the rest of my life. I always think that's cool in sports when players
1: it. was a nice thought. I thought it was always a possibility. But everything we're hearing is that so much of the national money was deferred money down the line. The 10 year $300 deal apparently was a, a great deal of deferred money. This is not... It's got a... I don't want to call it obviously a low annual average value, but lower than we expected at about 26 million. So with a $26 million number per year, it does allow the Phillies some flexibility over time to do more things in terms of bringing in players uh, with a high value, free agents, trade partners, et cetera. And one of the things you mentioned about the, lock up of Bryce Harper for an extended period of time 13 years in the when there's no DH horror of horrors in all probability it is coming as much as it pains me to think about it and it does as you know the old report portion of the show the get off my lawn guy the National League thinking man's chess game with strategy and pitchers hitting double switches is superior baseball in all likelihood it's coming and it's probably coming at a point when Bryce Harper will be no more than halfway through this contract. I think by 2025 as painful as it may sound or 2026 the only league in the sport that doesn't have the DH will have the DH Uh, because I just think it's going to be a scenario where it's going to be demanded uh, in terms of an action scenario it's going to create more jobs uh, because now you're going to have another league with 15 more jobs uh, opening up and I think it's just something that as much as I hate to say it and hate to see it, uh, eventually uh, it will come to the National League and uh, that will provide even more flexibility uh, for them having Bryce Harper over that time frame. If Bryce Harper wanted to sign a contract to spend the rest of his career in Philly or anywhere else, kudos to him. I think that's great. Whether it's Washington, Philly, Los Angeles, San Francisco. The thing that did surprise me, and we all have to remember that that California has these higher tax rates, Uh, I believe one of the two highest state income tax rates in the country. But the point is this, San Francisco late got really close. I believe they came in, at least according to the stories, at 12 and 310. Somewhere in there. So they were really close. Like they were a year away. They add another year to that deal on that AAV. That's a bigger offer than Philly gave. Now you factor in the California tax, and it's probably a lesser offer. But my point with San Francisco is what surprised me is the Giants, as distraught as they are the last couple of years, 98 lost two years ago. Um not nearly as bad last year, but not very good. And s- saddled with a lot of big contracts for players who, in all probability, best years are, are behind them. Uh, Evan Longoria, um, you know, Buster Posey makes a huge amount of money. His best years are behind him in terms of his, his age, but you know he's coming off a of hip surgery. Uh, Joe Panic, up and down, hurt a lot last year. I love Brandon Crawford makes a lot of money, but had a hideous second half of the season. I think it makes $13 million a year. Uh, Longoria's got another four or five years left on their deal, which I thought was a hideous trade they made with Tampa. Um, Samarja makes a fortune and is a constant underachiever. And Johnny Cueto makes over $20 million a year. And then you have, oh, by the way, Brandon Belt, who's always hurt. So they've got a huge payroll with guys who have not been very productive. And you know, unless they're all going to bounce back years, most of them are on the downside. They needed a guy in his prime to come in and be the next face of the franchise because they finally stopped selling out in San Francisco. Since they've stopped winning, people have stopped coming. Uh, nothing to do with Larry bear's conduct TMZ strikes. Again, we'll get to that a little later on. So they desperately needed somebody because their manager is leaving. Not the, people go to watch Bruce Bochy uh, and his eight and three quarters hat size manage. But the point is they never really had, even when they won those three championships, who was really the player that was, you know, the, the the one that let's go see that they had. I mean, if there ever was a team where the pieces that you put together between the guys who were the skill set guys, the guys who were uh, the glue guys, the guys who were the clutch guys, and a manager who was constantly piecing together a bullpen. All right, well, you know, one, one of the best managers of bullpen of all time, along with some you know, clutch starting pitching and Mad Bump, you got know, in the, the first one, uh, Kane in the first one or the second one, and and constant, constant, left right left right left right left right with the bullpen. There was no San Francisco giant that was the kind of player that you absolutely positively, I got to see is it bad. Buster Posey I mean, was their best player. Buster Posey is as exciting as watching paint dry. I mean, you know, he's not the kind of player that, you know, a la Bryce Harper, etc. That, you know, really puts fannies in the seat. It was the winning They put the fannies in the seat, and the way they won, they won a lot of close games, they won a lot of late games, you know, torture, agony, that the announcers would talk about. But they did not have that guy. They did not have that franchise player that, you know, really people were dying to go see at home or on the road. That's what Bryce Harper is. Bryce Harper doesn't just fill your building. He fills the building when you go on the road. If you're playing a mediocre team, well, people are coming out to see Bryce Harper. Remember, you get a cut of that game. The more fannies hit the seeds on the road, the more money you make. So he is a win-win-win for any team that gets him from a financial perspective. And that's why I was really surprised that the Giants didn't at least take a flyer in going as far or a little better than the Phillies were. In terms of being that close, if they were actually, you know, at, at twelve and you know, three ten, which is one year away from, and one year salary away from from the Phillies' office
0: What also surprised me about the thirteen, and you mentioned it with the San Francisco Giants, is a great example. Winning World Series and getting even getting to the postseason is not guaranteed from year to year, and that's one of the great interesting things about those Giants teams winning three World Series in a decade, and they don't get brought up in a dynasty conversation because the year after they win, they went to hell in a <laughs> they, didn't even to the they didn't go to the postseason. <laughs> yeah. post and they're, they're, as you mentioned, there's not the three, four, five guys on the team that were constants there where you can look back and say, oh, well, obviously they were this because of those players. This is an interesting thing with the Red Sox as well with their longevity, but that's for another show. I am surprised. There and, and
1: they were always those kind of guys that, you know, it's a guy here, it's a guy there. But, you know, nobody with 35 and 120. Right. You know, no batting champs, no Mercurial players. You know, Hunter Pence, it's a big hit, you know, after he fouls off 27 pitches. Right. Okay. I, I mean, you know, uh, the, the MVP of, of, of one World Series is Scooter. <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. It, and you know,
0: it, Mad Bum the, 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 was that guy to watch, but he's only pitching once every five days. It's not must-see yeah, TV every game. It was, oh, we'll watch right. him start. But, again, you're right. missing three games of the series. The every,
1: th- every team they played in those three World Series, you probably thought was better than them. Yeah. With a possible exception to Kansas City. Detroit, I thought, was the better team. And I thought Texas was the better team. But, you know, I mean, Panda steps up and hits three home runs, you know – against the Tigers, including, you know, Baum and Verlander early. It sets the tone of the series. So I, I never thought they were the best team, but they always found a way. They beat my Cardinals a couple different times, you know, and I didn't think they were the best team when they played the Cardinals, but they beat them. And, you know, they found ways with guys who were either off the scrap heap or good guy guys who were pretty good players, played great. But then, you know, the next season, they were nowhere to be found, which really kind of is – Cuts towards the fact that they didn't have, other than really Posey, that kind of franchise guy that everybody followed, everybody went out to see, took the team on his back, whatever the case may be. Um, And I I really thought that they would would make a play for that guy, almost the same way uh, that they did for Barry Bonds. Uh, when he became a free agent and put his, uh, you know, stamped his face on on the franchise.
0: For the 13 years, and and Barry Bonds is a good example of this, in the NBA, if you're a superstar, you can pick a team to go to and say, I'll play here for 13 years because there's only four other guys around you. You're assuming you're good enough. People are going to want to play with you. And you're probably going to win a title or two. You can uproot a franchise from the doldrums of the league, as we saw LeBron do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Football, if you're the quarterback, you have a lot more leeway with a 13-year deal, moving to a new team. If you're good enough, again, you can take a team from the bottom of the heap and win a Super Bowl with them. You need a lot of help in baseball to get to the postseason to win a World Series. And when you're... There's really no position... In the long term, that's going to give you an opportunity to, in a sense, drag your team to the postseason. Once you're in the postseason, you could drag a team to a series win, or at least get pretty damn close. And we mentioned Madison Bumgarner basically did that to win the team World Series. Absolutely, pitching as many games as he possibly could.
1: If there Oral was Herschel. a fear for, Oral, or or or, or Hirsch is a perfect exactly. example for that '88 Dodger team, which you're too young to remember. But the point is that that team. I mean, they they beat a tremendous Met team, and then they went and beat a tremendous A's team. And it was basically Earl Hersheiser and, you know, a, a bunch of, I don't want to use the team middling major leaguers, but you know, Mickey, Mickey Hatcher's playing. You know, Mike Marshall. Uh, I mean, uh, Steve Sachs was the best player, on the, was the best everyday player on those teams. Played, you know, Mike Socia. Who was a decent player? You know, John T-bone Shelby. Uh, I mean, a good chunk of their guys were hurt. It was really amazing, and that was on Oral Hershiser. Plain and simple. I mean, he pitched so much. Same thing that Baumgartner did. And no matter who he faced, you know, he, he went out to the mound and he never gave the ball up. His career where he was never the same. But the, it is you know he went out there and he was so on fire and that's the one thing about baseball that makes it so unique uh from all the other sports is the guy with the ball in his hand you know can absolutely dominate and control the entire play of uh, 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 the, the the entire play of the game the entire the, the, the entire mindset of the game the entire Speed with which the game is played and can can totally and completely dominate a game. And if he gets the ball enough, a series where he can take a team completely on his back in the short series, completely on his back, just the, the guy in the bump can take over and take a mediocre team to a championship because he's going to get the ball three times.
0: Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the New Report, Old Report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the New Report, Old Report. If there's a fear for Bryce Harper, it would have to be ending up on an island of sorts, similar to what happened with Barry Bonds. What happens, and you could go down the list of greats that were amazing Hall of Famers. They made their teams significantly better, made them good enough to succeed, but never got over the hump. Barry Bonds, Tony Gwynn, the list goes on. That has to be the fear of Bryce Harper going to a franchise that is on the up and up, but it's not going to the Golden State Warriors like Kevin Durant did, where the team is already successful. This isn't going to the 08 Phillies in 09. This is I want to be part of this and help take this off the ground to where it needs to be. And let's cross our fingers and hope it happens. But you're going to go through managerial changes. You're going to go through roster changes. There's going to be a ton of Hills that you're going to have to overcome. And Hey, if he's willing to do that, that's great on him. But if there's a fear that has to be it, because I don't think Gabe Kapler, for example, is going to be the one that's going to take them to the world series. So you're going to have to deal with that. Andrew McCutcheon, as you mentioned, kind of on the downswing of his career. Young guys coming up that look like they're going to be great. You never know what's going to happen with them. It's There's so much now that's going to go into this encyclopedia-sized book of the rest of these 13 years that you cross your fingers if you're Bryce Harper and you're Philadelphia because we've seen enough times in baseball where you can hope, but sometimes hope doesn't work. Sometimes well, it doesn't got, get you there. got
1: they've got a lot of young talent. They've brought in some, some veterans that are, I mean, McCutcheon's the one guy who's on, you know, the backside of his career. Gene Segura, who I love, uh, and is going to get 200 hits and be on base all the time is right in the middle of his prime real Muto who they've got for at least two years is smack dab. Maybe they're not even hit his prime yet. Uh, you know, in his prime, the, Lesser AAV gives them the opportunity to compete for Real Muton when it's time, you know, to potentially extend him. Uh, everywhere else, you know, they really, you know, have not expended a lot of money. They just extended their best pitcher. Um, they really, to me, uh, and I think that's what makes this division so interesting and far and away, as far as I'm concerned, the most interesting division in baseball, the NL East this year, you have the defending champs in the Braves who have wonderfully good talent and basically have done nothing, except, except, and I don't want to say except, but realistically, they spent you know, one year, $23 million on a former American league MVP. And we have no idea what they're going to get. They may get an MVP candidate. They may get a guy who plays 50 games. I don't know. I have no idea what Josh Johnson is going to bring to the table. If he's healthy, and can stay healthy and give them 140 games. I think he'll hit 35 home runs, but you know he could play 40 games and hit 10 home runs. I haven't got a clue what we're going to get. You know that calf muscle of his seems to be a problem that never wants to go away. So that's a huge question mark. Now they have some depth in their lineup because they've got Camargo and they got Swanson, who is coming off the wrist injury. But the point is, they have got I think a a pretty well-rounded, deep offense. Their starting pitching is young. It's a little nicked up already this spring. Uh, you know, we're, we're told by the people who supposedly are in the know that their general manager is not being allowed to spend any money, which means no Dallas Keuchel, and he would be a perfect fit, which means no return to Atlanta all right, for Kimbrel, which would be a perfect fit. And... Either one of those guys would be a perfect fit in Philadelphia because I believe Philadelphia is short on starting pitching and I believe they're still short in the bullpen. Are they done? I don't know. I don't know because I I think a huge question mark for them is their number two star. I don't think the Phillies are going anywhere. If Jake Arrieta has the kind of year this year that he had last year, they need him to step back up. He doesn't have to be a Cy Young winner but they need Jake area to go out and be 16 and seven, 17 and nine, you know, with an ERA around three, two, five, right? Now there's four and a half ERA at $25 million a year. That's not going to cut it as the two starter for a division. win. They're not going to win the division with that kind of starting pitching. They're just not. Meanwhile, the Nats, they go out and make the big signing Corbin, they add that to the big two, and you know they have a lot of youth in that lineup. They have athleticism. They have a terrific veteran player at third base who I think is one of the two or three most underrated players in the game, in Rendon. They have a shortstop who can fly. The right side of their infield is a big question mark. You know Zimmerman plays like he's 63 years old. You know he had an awful year last year, but a great year the year before. The second baseman when they brought in formerly of Minnesota last year you know from Minnesota to the Dodgers looked like his 40 home run year was an aberration he was awful last year what is he going to bring to the table is he going to decide not to try to hit the ball over the wall every time I'm up, put the ball in play a little more and please yes limited range and play a solid second base I don't know I don't know what they're going to get from him they got Howie Kendrick to come off the bench and you know they, they got Soto, who was unbelievable last year. And they've got their version of the Atlanta kid uh, in Victor Robles, who is a phenomenal prospect, uh, you know, to the same extent as Acuta, uh, except he struggled to stay healthy. So what are you going to get from Robles? You know, Adam Eaton is always hurt. So another question mark. I like their lineup when it's healthy. I love their big three starting pitching. And they made improvements to the pen. You know, and bringing in my old guy and Trevor Rosenthal, who seems like he's 100% healthy and throwing 90 high 90s again, and they got Sean Doolittle. Um, So the pen looks pretty deep and improved. Uh, we know the middle of their lineup is pretty solid. The big three are the best I think um, in the division, uh, regardless of who you're gonna put in the three-hole for the Mets. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Mets. And I would love to hear what your thoughts are on them and what they've done because they bring in two guys from Seattle, one on the back end, one on the front end. One used to be the best hitter in his position and on the back end. And the one who's on the front, end was simply the best reliever in baseball last year. So, you know, what do you make of the NL East and what do you make of what the Mets have done?
0: I haven't had a positive thought on the Mets since 2000. <laughs> no, it's just, I joke with Mets fans. But if you're a Mets fan and you watch the Mets from afar, it's hard to ever put faith in the Mets because it only brings letdown. And such was the case when they had a chance to win a World Series. They had this pitching rotation that was going to be the best we've ever seen. And for a time, it looked to be such. The pitching rotation now is, is not... What it was, it is, of course, as we know, dismantled. Matt Harvey still playing professional baseball, though. Found that out this week, since he is Mid- an ACC. Major Duel. league baseball, yeah. Major league baseball. Major league baseball. That with the Angels now, great, awesome. For the Mets, I think it's going to be another eh kind of year. As you mentioned, they have some up and comers, but they also have the. I can't believe we're paying money for an old Robinson Cano. I can't believe we're still paying money for an old Cespedes. I can't believe we still have to... They still have a lot of the, I can't believe we're still doings. They don't yet have enough of the, I can't wait to see what this turns into. And obviously with two of the best pitchers in the game that they've managed to hold on to, that helps. But you're still going to have holes in your starting rotation.
1: I, I, I don't buy... Uh, Syndergaard is one of the best pitchers in the game. Uh, he, he's got you know, big, strong, great stuff, throws at 100 miles an hour. You know, Thor, all that routine, but he never pitches every year. He pitches half the season, and, and they, you know, big and strong as he is, he can't make it past the seventh inning. He's a six, seven inning pitcher, six foot five, 250 pounds. The Adonis. he can't get through seven innings. So I, I don't know what he is. I know they have, certainly have the solid award winner, who's terrific, who they have to try and figure out a way to get extended. And I like Wheeler. I thought Wheeler finally you know, developed some consistency the second half of last year and was healthy. And you know, now the question becomes, do you take the next step? You know, everybody looks at the last year and said, okay, well, he did this. You know, but Sports are hard. Okay, you know, and there's always somebody out there trying trying to stop you from doing what you're doing. It's hard to just go out there and do the same thing or better than you did last year, because there's scouting, there's videotape, every catalogs on you. Can you continue to improve in any sport, especially baseball and basketball? Can you take the next step? Can Wheeler take the next step and stay healthy? If Wheeler takes the next step in his health, we think Wheeler could be their number two. I think Wheeler could be better than Simpkins, but you know, their lineup has got issues. We don't know who's playing where. You know, Cespedes is—is is he going to play this year at all? You know, twenty-six million dollars a year. I mean, is he going to get? Is going to wind up you know another season? You know, a million dollars per RBI. Uh, you have a team that's. Look, they they spent money. I'm not going to knock the new GM not making moves. He was aggressive. But they're a mishmash. On the other hand, if everything hit for them, and it's hard to say every move worked, but you, you know the deal. Every once in a while, you come up sevens. Every once in a while, every move you make works. If every move the Mets made Works, they're going to be right not.
0: I wish we could make that a drop. Sports are hard and just <laughs> put that in throughout uh, the rest of the shows that we end up doing. No truer statement ever said on New Report, Old Report.
1: People think because we played as kids <laughs> that, that oh, you know, just go out, 50 yards, just back it right through the uprights. It's a can of corn. You know, no problem. You know, just throw a strike. Yeah. Just throw a strike. Shoot it. You know how hard it is to throw the ball as hard as you can or 98% as hard as you can, all right, with a guy up there with a stick, all right, hanging over and looking to hit the ball right back at you. Fast, it's coming in. And you know how hard it is to hit it with that stick? People just don't get it. Go out there and try it. You You go to a major league game and watch how hard it is to see the ball when you sit close. Going from the mound to the batter's box, just pick it up, because right? it's a pill that shot out of a cannon.
0: The stuff that's posted on social media now by pitching ninja and guys like that of the gifs and slow-mos of the movement that pitches—it's it, not fair. It's not fair at all. What pitchers are able to do now, and what hitters have to do to combat that, and then it's not fair when they do and hit it 450 feet. It's the most uh-huh. unbelievable sport to watch if you just take a step back and think of the physics of what's happening.
1: You know, my son. Had, he, my son's a freshman in college. He plays a Division two ball. He plays for a team here in Westchester called Mercy College. They actually got a doubleheader in today before the before their home opener was snowed out on Friday. So they played a doubleheader against LeMoyne College from Syracuse. They split the doubleheader. But these guys are throwing low 90s. Right? You know, in, in Division Two, my son told me that, you know, their ace who threw a shutout in Game 1 was pretty much around 90 the entire game. You know, this is Division II 18-, 19-year-old kids. So, I mean, you just don't understand how difficult this stuff is. You wonder why they get paid so much. Well, because they are a rare breed. They are one of the few individuals on planet Earth who can do this, and unlike doctors and lawyers and teachers and construction workers and cops, nobody pays to go see those guys work. They do not produce income. Okay? Nobody charges to go watch the best trial lawyer in history give his closing argument. And if they do, it's not 100,000 people. It's not 50,000 people who pay for concessions and pay to park, all right? And pay 10 bucks a beer, all right? Nobody pays to go watch a teacher teach. Are they underpaid? Absolutely, but they don't generate income. That's what made why do movies make sense? Because people go pay to watch these people work. If somebody pays to watch you work, you generate income for your employer. It doesn't mean you're any better a person it doesn't mean you're more important a person what it means is from a business point of view you are a success and you generate dollars big dollars for the people who employ you and that is why you get big dollars in return and that is why price harper is such a financial boon for the philadelphia phillies and wherever they go because people come out to watch him do what he does. Is he the best player? Absolutely not. But of all the players in free agency, what Bryce Harper has is the highest ceiling. Because Bryce Harper is the guy who can go out with his talent and even though he had 240 this year, he could go out and be an MVP next year. Bryce Harper is the guy who could put up four or five years in a row of 45 to 55 home runs. There's only a couple guys who can do that. And he, you know, Mike Trout's not going to do that. He's a better, he's the best player in the game. You know, Jose Altuve is not going to do that. Uh, Mookie Betts isn't going to do that. Bryce Harper can do that. He may not do it, but he's the one guy who can do it because he has such a high ceiling, so much power and is at times a phenom. Cause Remember, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. There's a reason he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. So you can hit a ball 500 feet at 16. And we'll see what happens in Philly. But he has the ability to put on the kind of run that people will stand up and take notice. They can carry a team. They can be the centerpiece of a team for years to come that's what Philly's paying for that's what he wants to be and let's hope for baseball's sake it's a good marriage because I think it's going to be terrific for baseball if Bryce Harper does in Philly what we have been waiting for him to do and that is be an MVP candidate not once every four or five years, but be an MVP candidate with your play every year. Win one or two. Be in the top five all the time. Be the guy who everybody looks at as a National League, is a National League MVP, MVP candidate year in, year out. That's what Hall of Fame careers are made of. We'll see if you can do it.
0: Folks, just to be clear, if you want to pay to come watch me press buttons on ACC Radio Monday through Friday, or if you want to watch Al do my cousin Vinny things, lawyer in it up, you let us know. I mean, I'm all up for it. We'll work out the pricing. 929-274-3437. Call the show number. We'll work it out. You can watch us work, and we'll see if it gets you as much excitement as your favorite professional sports team would. If you pay money to go see them, I can guarantee you this. Though, going to see the Knicks Timberwolves last week on Friday, I thought maybe I'll go to the Garden in between shifts and get a Knicks game under my belt for cheap. The lowest tickets were sixty-three American dollars. Are you out of your mind to watch the Knicks play the Timberwolves?
1: Could you see the game? Could you could you see the game from your seat?
0: I doubt it, and that's that's even more upsetting. No.
1: And and would you want to see the game from
0: this? No, that's what I'm saying. At this point, (laughs) if you're outside Penn Station, folks should be handing you tickets to go see the Knicks at this stage in the season when they don't want to win. And it's better for them not to. But you're going to see a team try and lose $63. I'm good. But anyway, 929 274 3437. You can let us know who you think is going to be the best team in the NL East this year, and across baseball, who's going to be the early favorites, who you like going forward, who, she, who we should put our over-unders on, and if we should fade Mike Frances's over-unders for baseball? The answer is, of course, yes. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills) He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Ten minutes or so left to get worked up quite a bit. Actually, you know what's funny about this, Al? For our Los Angeles Lakers, it's like that five stages point of where there's really nothing to be worked up for at this point. It's that, it's that over in a sense. They're not mathematically eliminated, but they need a miracle to happen in less than 20 games to even sniff making the Western Conference playoffs. Now people are just saying, maybe they should just start losing games, try to get that one ping-pong ball to bounce the right way in the draft and land one of those guys and see where this is going. It's interesting because coming into this season, before LeBron, If the team was where it is now, I don't know if it would have been such an awful thing or it wouldn't feel like it does. They haven't had, like, you would be okay with where they are now if they had games that wowed you, kind of like last year. There were games where they would make comebacks or one of the players would go off and they'd get a win that way. You would see signs of, wow, this thing can turn in the next couple seasons. This year, there hasn't been that. It's been the opposite of they blew that lead. They blew that game. They couldn't beat the worst team in the National Basketball Association. It's, it's not the a couple games that give you promise for the next season. There's been many games that give you, oh, no, for next season. And that falls on the shoulders of one LeBron James there's no other way to put it and we saw that happen in their past two games two games that they really needed to win and and a game that they had in hand against the Milwaukee Bucks they're winning by 10 at one point you blink and Milwaukee goes on an 11-0 run they lose then you think okay well they're going to play the Suns they'll be fine there no similar results no one shows up they lose again they play the Clippers on Monday that's that's the season really if they lose that one it's over But it's over. It's over. That's where we're at. It's over. It's over.
1: I told you last week it was over. Um, Look, I like my young guys. But, but, and Magic is a Laker legend. And I thought Rob Palenka would come in and do a good job. See so far at best, with some of the recent moves being – Mind-bogglingly stupid. All right. Um, first of all, as you know, I never wanted LeBron. Never wanted. Him. Wanted Paul George. They didn't make a trade for him. They didn't want to give up any of their young guys. Uh, probably would have had to give up Ingram. Uh, they didn't. Ingram is turning into a terrific player. He's been, been brilliant of late. Things were going well on Christmas. Christmas Day is when it all changed. Christmas Day, LeBron goes down. Hasn't been the same player since he came back. And then in a game where they're blowing out Houston, young Mr. Ball goes down. Always turned out to be their best defensive player. Their defense has not been the same since Ball went down. Their defense has been absolutely lit up in the backcourt just like it used to before ball was there. Lonzo is their best on ball defender. He was a huge loss. And the other aspect of it is when Lonzo was not there, LeBron just has the ball all the time. He completely dominates the basketball. And when did LeBron win his three championships? He won his first two championships in Miami when D Wade had the ball. He won his other championship in Cleveland when Irving had the ball. But now he's always got the ball. He's the point guard. He's got the ball. He brings the ball up, runs the offense. You know, either he goes to the basket or takes a three. That's become LeBron's game.
0: Inbounds the the ball off the backboard. He's doing it all.
1: He's, He's never in the post. He never plays with his back to the basket like he did the last few years at Cleveland. You know, when I, I screamed for years, he needs to get down in the box and take advantage of his size and his skill. Michael did it, second half of his career, the post-up, the fadeaway. Kobe did the same thing. Then LeBron finally started. to. This year, he's never in the box. He is never down in the low post playing with his back to the basket. He is always in the same spot. With the ball, 35 feet from the basket, either pulling up and taking the three, or trying to make something happen and going to the basket, but he is never down in the box drawing fouls, drawing double teams, and kicking the ball out. He's always got the ball. Yeah, he's triple double. he well, going to have a triple double. He's got the ball in his hands all the time. If we score, it's because he passes somebody. He's not playing effective basketball. All right, his transition defense is non-existent. Maybe because he's hurt. Maybe because he's getting old, maybe a combination thereof. He's constantly throwing his arms up in the air. I'm telling you, I've said to everybody who will listen, what the Lakers should do is not what they will do. LeBron James doesn't have a no trade clause. I would send LeBron to Boston, I would pick up the phone, I would call DJ Eighth, and I would say, Look, you're close, but you need something to put you over the top. We're not close. We're not going to win championships with him here. So you send me Tatum and a draft pick, one of those first-rounders, and you can have LeBron. And it would, as I said today to the boys on the NBA Network, it would reunite Kane and Abel. Right? Because they've kissed and made up, long distance. They're like two wash women, him and Irvin. All they ever do is pitch. They whine constantly. Every loss, Irving again tonight, they lose tonight They lose tonight to, to, to the Rockets. Hardness 42. The best thing that's happened to the Lakers right now is the Celtics. Because the Celtics now, as they struggle, are taking the publicity away from the Lakers' struggles because now all of a sudden the Celtics are dropping like a rock in the East. They're behind the Pacers. I think they've lost five out of six, six out of seven, whatever the case may be. Beaten tonight at home by the Rockets. And... They're in a state of disarray. Well, send LeBron to Boston. He's got a better chance to win championships there back in the East. Team up with Irving again. You know, they deserve each other. They belong together. They want a title together. Maybe if they're together, they won't lie the way they do when they're a partner because they never shut up. Every locker room conversation is you know an essay on what the young players aren't doing. Well, you know, why is it always the young players? How about you play better? How about you lead the young players? How about you do what you do best to get everybody involved and be a leader and not a guy who's constantly going to attack your young players? He's not doing oh, they gotta know how to win, they gotta get ready for the playoffs. If you can't deal with this pressure, you should be here, gotta stay off of social media. Meanwhile, these guys live on social media. LeBron's doing everything everything under the sun. How about you focus on playing basketball? How about you focus on taking the Lakers to the playoffs? But I'm stuck with them because never going to trade them. But that would be the way to roll. That would be what I would do. Say, look, it's not working here. You're not going to win a championship. You want championships? Get all your business here. That's great. We try. It's not working. So I'm moving. I'm going to send you to Boston, and you got a chance to win there. And if Kyrie stays, terrific for you. If he doesn't, you know, he doesn't. But I have no control over that. And then in the meantime, AD. Wants to go to Boston and, and, and play with LeBron down the twilight? Go ahead, go ahead. Stay in the East. See if we will See Let's even go to the finals. Knock yourself out. We'll take Tatum. We'll take one of your draft picks. We'll take another strong first-round player this year, and we'll see how we do in free agency. Please now, hopefully, guys will come because LeBron's gone. Maybe Kawhi will come. Maybe KD will come. Who knows? Got a better shot at getting these guys without LeBron than I do with him because nobody wants to play with him. It's obvious. Nobody wants to come and play with him. And now you know why. He's a cancer. And the cancer is not a remission. It's getting worse. Every game, it's getting worse. Every game, it's getting worse.
0: Couldn't have said it better. Al, it's always a pleasure. We've got a lot coming up in the sports world. People were excited about the NFL Combine this past weekend. Seeing guys run 40 yards and bench press and lift and jump doesn't really do it for me, but football is coming shortly. March Madness will be here before you know it. Baseball spring training will be over, and we'll finally know who's who in the National Basketball Association soon enough. Some exciting shows ahead. Looking forward to it.
1: Conference tournaments are coming. We all love March Madness. Who's in, who's out? Joel Lenardi is telling us. Already, you know, he's got the entire field selected. It changes every day. I write with Brantology. Spring training is in full swing. Most of the big guys are gone, but two big guys are still out there. Where's Dallas Keuchel going to land? Where's Kim going to land? Because those are two huge, huge factors, um, you know, for whether it be the Dodgers looking to get a little insurance for Kershaw, whether it's the Phillies or the Braves, whether it's Houston – Looking to get that big time, solid starter behind their big two, you know, because uh, you know because they've lost Morton to free agency, uh, and they lost you know their young right hander to Tommy John, so they may be looking to you know to bring Keuchel back. Uh, So curious to see how that finishes off. And as you said, the NL draft will be upon us very shortly. Who is going to be the first round pick? Is another Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winning quarterback going to shoot up the draft board and be the first pick in the draft? Can't wait for all of it to happen. We'll do it again next week. Folks, stay out of the snow. Drive careful if you're in the Northeast. Root for the accused Tuesday night to knock off the Cavs. Until next week for John Tiny Lawn. I'm Al from White White Plains. Take care, everybody. We'll be back
0: next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.